This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Shake Them Ropes, Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrito, and founder of Shake Them Ropes here for a special guest run-in, Rob McCarron. Hello, Rob. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Chris. Uh, uh, yeah, of course, I'm not going to miss this night. Are you kidding me? One of the biggest returns. I've been waiting for it for weeks, months, years even. Those last two won't make any sense because Jeff, Chris, Justin Roberts is... <laughs> back <laughs> so hyped in chicago no less his hometown what a moment rob your your relationship with cm punk of course uh you 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 famously bet that he would never appear in a ufc ring unless you eat a hat as i recall yes and i nailed it yes you nailed that one. but yes on a weekend where we have to uh where we have to preview SummerSlam and nxt takeover oh, cm punk well, you, you don't have, have you don't have as, Chris and I have to. <laughs> as we've predicted for years on Shake Them Ropes. Literally, I'm back for this one reason because the <laughs> predictions have finally come true. Friday nights, 10 p.m. That is your wrestling history, your most must-see hour of TV. Dating back to Vern Gagne running Friday nights at 10 o'clock on ABC. I mean, this is epic. Chris, get your shit. Is he doing the <laughs> tribute to the 15-minute promo that Punk <laughs> opened up the show with? Is that what's going on here? I just I want to make sure I'm following. 15-minute promo would be better than a 15-minute match we might get one day out of this. Listen, okay, big moment. I watched. I, I'm going to watch Rampage anyway, right? I mean, AEW TV is light years right now ahead of WWE TV as far yes. as interest goes, as far as excitement goes. As far as, you know, blazing through an hour to two hours. I mean, it's great. CM Punk's promo tonight was an epic moment. It was fun. It was great. CM Punk 10 years ago was a great promo. But I don't want anyone to get disappointed or get their hopes up too high. Like CM Punk's going to come here and have epic matches. I mean, and that's not a negative necessarily. He wasn't great seven years ago. He's probably not going to be that great now, which is fine. Chris Jericho, not that great in the ring anymore, but I still want to see him on television. And and the stuff that CM Punk might be able to do here, like they started with Darby Allen, a little bit of a surprise to me. I know they were teasing it a little bit, but I thought after Wednesday, there was no chance in hell it wouldn't be MJF right out of the gate. But then I'm thinking back, it took Miro, what, eight months to get into the groove he is in now? Because not everyone can come in and you want to do the best, hottest thing first. The best, hottest thing for AEW, come double or nothing next year maybe, is going to be MJF and CM Punk. Like, that's your main event deal there is you got Kenny Omega and, uh, and Hangman Page doing their thing in the months to come. You're going to have CM Punk and MJF. It's going to be great. I can't wait for the five labors of CM Punk. And number one on the list is Colt Cabana. You think that'll <laughs> pop a rating? Holy shit. 
you know, I mean, but we still have, I mean, we still have surprises coming in. That, that to me is what is exciting now. I mean, you were, you were, no, we were what, doing... we, what we still have, what we still have is the fact that you guys distracted me from the main news of the night. I, I was saying quite a lot. No, no, I, I apologize. Sorry, I am why, for that. Why would you do this to me? Listen, I was worried about the guy. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know if he just had other arrangements. I like Dasha, okay. But where is the answers on where Justin Roberts is? And no one was getting him. Sean Rossap, why don't you break that story for once? God. You know, it was early in Shake Them Ropes when NXT did that first house show in San Jose, and I drove up there, and I was excited for it. And I had been, I, I've hated these this build, the SummerSlam, and both NXT TakeOver. And I think AEW has gotten my excitement in wrestling again, because between Punk and Danielson, and I'm fairly certain Adam Cole isn't staying with WWE. Oh, see, I'm 100% the opposite. I don't see there's any way Adam Cole leaves. But that's okay. Brian Danielson is enough. You don't have to bring in Adam Cole. But you're right. I mean, just energy. But hold on. Let, let me get the t- t- tiebreaker with Chris. Who, I, I will do what, what I never think? did before. I will let you speak. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I tend to think Adam Cole is at least better than 50% chance to leave WWE. I, I think that he has sort of exhausted what he can do. The main roster, on the last episode, we talked about stars and them needing to build stars. But in the build to SummerSlam here, I at least have a sense now of who are the new stars that Vince is trying to build. Bianca Belair, Matt Riddle, Rick Boogs, who is uh, surprisingly (laughs) over with main roster audiences. And I don't necessarily know that Vince sees Adam Cole as part of that main roster formula. I think Vince wants a main roster that is populated with really big dudes. And Adam Cole is very good in the ring. He's a good promo, but he'll never be six foot two or whatever that other spec was that Vince McMahon now wants. He'll never be 5'10". He'll never be 5'10". And that's the big problem. You think you're going to put Adam Cole in the ring against Bobby Lashley and it's not going to be Vince McMahon trying to redo Zach Gowan? I, you can't have those two next to each other. So unless they're really smart about who he's in the ring with, but you look at the main champions and the championship contenders right now of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, it would look downright embarrassing to have Adam Cole next to him in Vince McMahon's mind. I'm not thinking it would be embarrassing. It might be a little awkward. It might be. But in no, I'll, like, I'm going to go. Gonna put- I'm going to say Vince is actually kind of right on this because like Adam Cole works primarily as a heel. So you can't have a five foot eight Nick Bockwinkle like heel going up against six foot four baby face. Number one, six foot four baby face. <laughs> number two, six foot four baby face. Number three. It doesn't work. The problem with Adam Cole is because you have Brian Danielson, who's a little shorter than these guys. Adam Cole is skinnier and it mm-hmm. works against him on television. He's not a, a thick, small guy like a Brian Danielson was. Okay. And so, yeah, it, it works against him on television. But if I'm Adam Cole at the same time, I'm thinking I've been invested in WWE. They like me. They keep giving me a lot of this TV time. And I know it's NXT right now, but where do I have the better chance 
of one living his dream because his dream's always been WWE. It seems like that's pretty obvious. But where do I have the best chance of standing out, of being different, of getting in the top? When AEW just brought in Brian Danielson and CM, well, maybe bringing in Brian Danielson looks pretty likely. Just brought in CM Punk. You got Kenny Omega there. There's 10 people on screen at any one time on an AEW show where WWE struggles to fill in two hours of their three hour show. Where do I have the best chance to maybe have that long-term success? And maybe I'm, maybe I'm going for Vince McMahon not being around in a couple of years, whether he retires, whether something else happens, whether they sell, maybe I'm sticking it out thinking three years from now, where do I have the best chance of making the most money? And being happiest. And maybe that's WWE for him. I think it's 89.8% likely he stays in WWE throughout the next three years. I'm not going to ask how you did that math. You get Kurt Angle and he's got 33 and a third chance. <laughs> and then you have Smo Joe and he doesn't even know. Right. But here's the thing about that. Everyone makes fun of the Scott Steiner promo, right? He was right. It worked. You'll watch the end result. He was right. I mean, he had a 33% chance of beating Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe had a 33% chance of beating him. I don't even remember who won that match. Did they even wrestle? Nobody knows. Like, this is the giant mystery. I think Scott Steiner disappeared from TV after that. And again, we are getting away from the main topic of the night. Let's understand that Justin Roberts came back and listen, he hasn't gotten to do his North Carolina in like two weeks. What are we even doing? Adam Cole, you want to know who is, who is excited about Adam Cole, Justin Roberts. And if they show up at the same time in the same place, explosion of the mind. Now I don't want to get too much into I know it's the big story and all. I don't want to, you know, yeah, no, I, the internet's been really buzzing <laughs> about this Cole Roberts thing. All I don't want, I don't want to get over Like I understand Justin Roberts is not for everybody, but he's for a lot of us. He speaks for us. Yeah, no, there's say, a, there's a devoted we, niche audience that has when, been listen, calling out for Justin listen, Roberts, dapper Dan sort of demeanor. Listen, when John Moxley is coming to the ring, I'm thinking that's John Moxley. And you know what? Justin Roberts confirms that for me. And I don't see how anyone else could have a more important job. Well, I think this is a great point, Rob, because <laughs> it, uh, for us at home, we on TV get the little placard thing. No one's ever said, right. you know what, Rob? This is a great point. Well, <laughs> I just did. And I'm a, I'm a person right. just like you, just like you. They get the little placard thing. And, and if, I, I, if I was on TV, I'd mm -hmm. have a placard thing. Um, but live, like if you were in the United Center tonight seeing CM Punk, how would you know who that was? Because there's, no, <laughs> there's no signage. Correct. No, I mean, they did the thing on the little not Titantron Titantron uh, with CM Punk, you know, so I, I that's how you do that's it. a conceit. But imagine, imagine if they didn't have the graphics like you would have needed Justin Roberts. I mean, Kira Hogan's in the ring. How is anyone going to know? You have Daniel Garcia. Is that even his name? I'm pretty sure it's Garcia. I don't know the first name. I'll be honest about that. But Garcia's in the ring. And without Justin Roberts telling you, you would never know. I don't even think he got the graphic on TV. So, like, this guy has a very important job. Now, CM Punk's going to be on the show the next couple of weeks. He'll probably miss a few nights. That's fine. Justin Roberts needs to be there 100%. Now, yeah, we've no, this guy's like far. a human placard. We need yeah. him. Correct. We've gone a little bit too far because Justin Roberts wasn't selling the T-shirts tonight. It was CM Punk, and I'm pretty sure it is 
uh, like three in the morning East Coast time right now. And Justin Roberts is probably in line to buy the CM Punk shirt. That line has been so long. So let's get CM Punk. He's back. He said he's going to be there night after night, which is super cool. I can't believe Sting has been on like every TV show for the last nine months. That's crazy to me. AEW is giving people the your folks from the past, your Stings, your Arn Andersons, building tradition to to get the new guys over. Darby Allen, Brock Anderson. I mean, come on, Brock Anderson's going to be in a big match on AEW Dynamite. This guy was nowhere a couple of months ago. So you're getting the new people. You're getting the old people. Everyone's having a fun party time. I mean, they're doing an hour of television on a Friday night at 10 o'clock, and people are super excited about it. I mean, what world is this? Rob, always a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. I'll leave on that note. Let's just say, John Cena, you're going to lose. Go away. Go away. Rob, as always, open door policy for you on your own show here. Thank you for joining us. Macy, you ready to go inside? Let's go. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, And this is Chris Chris Novembrino's last show for encouraging Rob's uh, madness and going along with (laughs) it. I thought thought that was a really strong strong. discourse. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but overall, the point the last point there stands. I I'm excited about AEW. I watched that Wednesday show and I loved it, Chris. I did. And I was watching, it was a hot show. The crowd was fired up from the beginning. 2.0 comes out, attacks Moxley and Kingston cuts a promo, calls out sting and Darby very first hour of nitro vibes for me in a way, but even like even older school. Cause just that crowd was just so raucous. And, and, and then I tried to watch the WWE shows and it just felt so patterned and, and cloying and plotting. And they feel like a, a, like a time warp at this point, they feel dated and it happened relatively quickly, but they have been making the same product for 20 years and now this product feels 20 years old. Like Vince has tried to keep it in a time capsule where it feels ageless. But now that there's actual competition and you can compare the liveliness and the energy and the organic intensity mm-hmm. of Rampage to the absolutely sterile, even when someone's sort of organically over like a Rick Boogs, it's it's at this like much lower, unintense, passive. If we don't get him, so what? But we kind of like him, so if you give us more of it, we'd be fine with that. That like there's a real beating heart to the AEW shows and the AEW fan base, and WWE is more like an iron <laughs> lung. You know, I I'm gonna call my shot here. There's only two things that WWE can do this weekend to win the weekend in any way. It doesn't matter how good the matches are. doesn't matter. Brock or Dwayne have to come back on this show. And I'm sure he's made calls to both of them to ask because he may not think AEW is competition, 
but whatever this no he does that he that's, does they do they, you watch these promos watch the way cena is talking cena has it, it this wasn't an accident on the second smackdown show this is clearly a conversation that is happening in the back that cena is bringing to the front yes and it sounds like cena might be the guy telling him to wake up that's the thing that's interesting to me i don't know you know what you know what this is this is the cena dean ambrose thing all over again. Remember when they were all like, yeah. The, yeah, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dean Ambrose scolding thing. But they also, they did an angle, I think it was Cena and Ambrose, where it was like, you're not really being a champion. You need to be more, you know, you but need to be a better. But they do that a lot. They, do, they, they, they did that with Flair and Carlito, if you remember that that whole thing, where it's like, what, you're leaving? You should be watching every match, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's, all of that stuff is always in the world of WWE versus an actual Wake up call. I was going to compare it more. If Cena is a guy back there telling Vince, Hey, you're losing the grip of, of culture right now. That's more Nash and hall talking to, to Vince go and saying, Hey, look, this stuff, you know, back, you know, before the curtain call and things like that, you know, where, where, Hey, the big guys aren't around. You got to put the belt on, on Sean or something like that. You know, that, that kind of thing back in the, uh, early to mid nineties kind of thing before they made the jump kind of like that. But I, I, I it's, you watch the Vegas, uh, the, the picture pictures coming out of the Vegas tryouts and they're all just giant jacked up dudes. And you don't see him making, that's why I don't think, I think Colsey is writing on the wall. I think he's a bright enough guy. I, I was I was surprised by the extremely high percentage there. I, I mean, I we, I think we, he's just toying. I think he's no, just- no. The convo moved on, but I, I I just want to get this in since it came back up again. I could understand why Cole agrees to stay an additional twelve months or something short term, just because AEW is so chock full of people debuting right now. And Cole, when he comes in, needs to make sure he doesn't get stuck in like mid card hell, like an Ethan page or something like that. Um, Cole needs to come in and be a big deal. And he needs to come in and get a main event push. And so like timing's gotta be right for a guy like that. But um, I, I mean, he has to see the writing on the wall. He has to get out of there sooner rather than later. We have other news that we'll go over, and we'll also do a SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver previews. Big weekend for WWE. Don't see how they win the weekend, but I, for one, I'm excited about wrestling. I'm excited about somebody taking it to Vince. Are, are we still talking Dynamite? Uh, or... We can talk Dynamite. Yeah, yeah all right. I, I'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just. This is our show. We can do what we want. Yeah, yeah, we were already there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I basically concurred with you that, like, this show was rip-roaring right <sighs> up until the... It, no, it was, it was a hoot. Uh, yeah, you know, I got I got all my superlatives in here. I, I gave it ten stars. Um, <laughs> it, no, I loved it. Uh, I, no, I did really, I did enjoy it. Um, I don't like that the Jurassic Express are once again having to deal with this whole like, oh, we're chasing after the young bucks. They should have just beat the young bucks on this show. Um, I like this extra beat to get to the steel cage match. I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Just have the non-player character powers that be executive committee, whatever you want to call it. Hey, we're tired of this. We're moving this steel crap. cage match. Yeah. We're but, tired but, of this crap with the elite, put it in a steel cage and so nobody can get in and out. They are the number one contenders because of all the crap that's gone on. Don't, 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 you know, because if they end up going with the Lucha brothers for any reason, how many times can Jungle Boy come up short? Jungle Boy needs to win belts. 
Jungle Boy is a star of the future, and like he, there's no value added in this chase. Uh, I, I groaned. There's no like, value. Hold on, I will amend your statement because it's very good. There's no value added to this chase if he loses this time. No, I yeah, I, especially especially on that front. Remember, Jungle Boy never even beat Jericho. He just went the distance. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy actually beat Jericho. You know, like however you feel about that angle. This is a guy who really does need to be built up, and he he's ready to go. This guy's the star of the future. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't want to over oversell the fear, uncertainty, doubt sort of thing here because you've got like Danielson and CM Punk and You're other putting people. putting in fun with the AEW stuff, bringing the stock talk from before the show. That that that's, that's 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 for you. That's for you. That's for you. It's a pop the back of the curtain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back of the house. But yeah. So like, I I mean, I think the Jungle Boy ultimately is fine, but I. I think that this is moving into the thing I hate about WWE with the endless rematches. How many more unique spots do the Bucks and the uh, Jurassic Express have to give us? Um, or are we just basically going to see more of the same only this time inside of a steel cage? Agreed. Um, other than that, uh, I, I the show, real fun. Thunder Rosa, good little uh, build-up match uh, against Penelope Ford. Um, and then we got to the main event. Uh, this just missed me. I, I don't, I don't like Chris Jericho. Um, this is, uh, and, and I, and when I say this, like I, I respect his career. Um, Chris Jericho for me at this point is a person I cannot cheer for and do not enjoy cheering for. I feel like I can tolerate them in a heel status because I already don't like them. Let um, me, clar- let me clarify though, for people who are listening right now, because I know why it, it's, it's because of the out of ring stuff. It's not because of the in ring stuff necessarily. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. No, no, it's, it, it's it, along similar lines as like Alberto Del Rio or Hulk Hogan or something like that, that there have been enough, outside of the ring things that uh, rub me the wrong way that I am not able to cheer for the person, let alone let my mental whatevers go away so that I can join into a sing-along with Chris Jericho. That, that was just way too big. It would be like if Hogan came out there and like we all had to go when it comes crashing down and it hurts and stuff. Like I'm not doing that with you. I will not be a part of that with you. We're not singing that. Uh, y'all can sing that. Uh, that's not for me. <laughs> Rob just texted me. Still got it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was, str- was a strong outing. Uh, it yeah, was. it was a yeah, very strong. strong. Uh, let's do a little news here. Most of it's WWE related anyway, so that'll get us in a natural flow for whatever the hell this weekend's going to be. It's just, it's everything's going to be second place to see him. But that was an awesome promo. That promo was everything it had to be. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, I, him talking with Darby wouldn't have done anything. It was fine for him to just address Darby. I mean, it, it was perfect. Uh, if anything, yeah. If anything, if I was reformatting that Rampage show, we give Punk 20 to 25 minutes. We don't have the Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill. Yeah, Kira, I thought that did her no favors, uh, right. Kira Hogan. And I, and frankly, I think that like that cut into the time 
for Moxley mm -hmm. and Daniel Garcia and did Garcia no favors, who is someone that clearly and rightly the company is interested in building and developing and moving up the card and showcasing. It's not an accident that Daniel Garcia is in the main event. You've been seeing a lot of him on the TV recently. He's good. Um, and, and I think he needed 15 minutes with Moxley, not eight, uh, you know, it, you know, a, a tight eight. Yeah. Uh, starting off the news business deal for WWE, the ringer, Bill Simmons, little outlet over there and Spotify are going to be doing new podcasts from, Ringer and WWE, including a person, including a show from Evan Mack of the Bump called Mac Mania and a narrative series produced by Bill Simmons. Kids, if you like your, if you like your Peter, your Peter Rosenbergs, if you like your non-critical WWE is so great. This was really awesome. And this was really great. This was really awesome. There are people not in WWE who do those types of podcasts, but uh, this is just going to be uh, simping. I think all these things are be simping Bill Simmons and who I've never been the biggest fan of, especially when it comes to wrestling and, you know, Schumacher's okay or Shoemaker, however he pronounces it, but it's always kind of a weird cliff notes version of history that shoemaker always has it's never gone terribly in depth it's very split this way as shake them ropes is to the voices of wrestling family <laughs> as is shoemaker's wrestling history to normal historians we are Chris, you're giving me a dirty look, but what I mean by that is... We're we are, a skew uh, uh, of the network, is what you're we, saying. We are accessible to the uh, casual audience, let's put it that way, as opposed to, say, the flagship, which is going to go over a third-tier doing shows in the back of a meat market Japanese promotion that everybody watched. You know, I, but I don't know. Simmons is doing that Vince McMahon series that I think is just going to be garbage, as the French would say. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not down with this. I will be taking a hard path, but if you people like it, if you like your bring it to the tables in audio form, <laughs> those types of things, your, your Sam Roberts hard hitting interviews. You're going to get more of that, and it's going to dominate this cultural landscape in w in the ringer. Yeah, I, I have little to no use of this for this. Because I, I like, for me, if I guess we make the type of show that I would be interested in watching, which is something that actually breaks this stuff down in, you know, a less fanny sort of way and a more like this is a TV show sort of way. Yes. Uh, so when these guys talk about even some of these angles and stuff, I, they don't have the conversation about, is this working? Is this not working? Why isn't this working? Why is, you know, they, they don't ever get into the topics that I would still find interesting when we're talking about wrestling commentary. Well, WWE settled. This is this will be one to tee up for you. WWE settled eight lawsuits this week concerning disclosures about their relationship with Saudi Arabia. Once you got that one, it looked like it was a domino effect type of thing. Oh, by the way, Chris, I don't know if you realize this. They're going back to Saudi Arabia October 21st, 2021, baby. 
get those lawsuits ready. Get your play. Make sure you have your own separate flights ready. <laughs> to me, they were afraid of discovery. Um, I think that's a pretty prescient um, talking point that's been going around. They were afraid of digging in because there was at least one superstar on that plane who was willing to talk and they didn't want that to happen. So uh, insurance pays for these settlements. It will not come out of WWE's bottom line. Any thoughts about that, Chris? I mean, that tarmac incident which I believe for many uh, felt akin to a hostage situation, at least uh, from the extemporaneous reporting at the time, uh, was really harrowing. And this company's continued relationship with Saudi Arabia is going to be good for their bottom line. But I think it's going to be one more thing that AEW is going to be able to beat them up over. And it's going to be one more thing that, you know... I, I just kind of keeps them a little bit out of step here. I, I, and I don't see them actually really leaning into the world part of world wrestling entertainment to make up those losses. This is ultimately an American television show that gets syndicated around the world, regardless of how much you push Monster in the mid-card. <laughs> well, NXT is returning to taping shows in advance starting next Monday and Tuesday nights, but there's a reason for this. It's not, uh, it's not quality control necessarily. WWE has done its last show at Full sale. They'll be converting the Performance Center into their new broadcast, and that will be the home of NXT from here on out. Previously, they were thought to be going out on tour, but it looks like all shows will now disseminate from the Performance Center. That's interesting. I think WWE maybe is thinking about hedging their bets here a little bit. I think that... Yeah. Yeah, I think that they <laughs> are seeing the writing on the walls with uh, where things are going right now with COVID, and... They realize, and I'm sure AEW is already in contact with Daly's Place here as well, uh, that they need to have a plan in case that they have to, you know, start running back on a home base situation. Well, the rumor is they're going to be moving away from the darkness of what they currently have and that there's going to be a lot of lights and it's going to be very bright. It's going to be very, very WWE main roster, I think, in terms of the setup at the performance there. It's going to be, I think they're making a shift. Uh, tonally to be more this is what it's going to be like when you're actually on the main roster for anybody who's there who might be planning out for the younger guys type of thing um i don't know i also think they're kind of hedging their bets on whether or not they keep nxt open i gotta be honest with you i i think that's uh, that's another thing too i i think that this gives them the ability to shut it down much easier if they need to shut it down or move it back to a not on tv I, thing yeah i think they will train i don't think that they will be on tv necessarily and i don't know what happens to the guys who are down there uh if that happens i i, I don't know anything it's not there's nothing business-wise saying that to me but there's something irking me about all this but nevertheless uh molly holly and sean davari are now producers uh with wwe backstage interesting enough i i didn't think molly holly would ever come back but uh we'll see how they do sean davari is an interesting one because he's been training he and uh mr kennedy were running a school for a while but they just fired his brother so i'm always kind of interested in the davari brothers and the revolving door of wwe yeah i know it, it's it's 
it's weird what they will let bygones be bygones over too, because the, the Davari brothers have been have not had a great relationship with this company. <laughs> Two point officially signed with AEW. Could not be happier. They were great tonight too. Just they are the perfect knuckleheads, and hopefully they build on that. And they don't remain that. Like you get some good feuds. Like I would, I would love to see 2.0 and Jack Evans interact. I don't know why. Oh, I know why. It's because Jack Evans is great person. But there's plenty of feuds in there to do. 2.0, I 2.0 and FTR. I'm all about that, man. They, there's a lot of great tag teams they can work with here. I am glad that they're being able to show what they can do and live off of their own merits and their reputation of being just hard workers throughout the years, as opposed to how they are put in the box in the WWE. That's why that's also why I'm very excited about this quote unquote war. And I want to see Vince lose. I want to see Vince lose a lot, quite frankly, not because not because I don't like the guys working for him or not because I want to see people lose their jobs. I don't want them to be destroyed. I just want to see them get punched in the mouth really well. But yes, yeah, 2.0 2. Yeah, was I'm, signed. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm thrilled that 2.0 was signed. I think they had a banner week as well. I think their pairing with Daniel Garcia is, you know, it's a strong... They are a great foil for Daniel Garcia. He's the legitimacy, and they're kind of the boobs. And it like it works, kind of. It works interesting with the young kid being the serious one, and the two older guys being the knuckleheads. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of uh, kind of wrap up the news, New Japan had a show here in the states last Saturday. After we went here in LA, I did not go. Um, I am still, <laughs> I'm still not ready to be amongst crowds just yet for my own personal uh, thing. But Will Osprey is in the states, and also, and so the open door may be there for him to be on a dynamite or a, let's say, oh, some show in Chicago in a few weeks. But in addition, New Japan also has a touring brand, and they're doing shows in the states, et cetera, et cetera. Also in the States, currently, Minoru Suzuki, who is going to be doing four shows for Joey Janela's Game Changer Wrestling, two of them here in Los Angeles, one in Queens, New York, and the other one in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So we got some New Japan town floating around here, Chris. Any interest in that? Jay White's also here in the States, by the way, currently, too. You're thinking about it. I don't understand. Yeah, that. no, I'm just trying to think if there's any New Japan talents that I feel like urgently need to be in AEW right now. And I think that they just Ishii need... could Ishii would be great here. I mean, he's yeah. in the States. Yeah. Oh, and uh, well, Ishii, uh, who's it who wanted a few with him? Isn't uh, Jonah, the former uh, oh, North uh, American champion? Jonah Rock. AKA, yeah. AKA, uh, uh, man, I can't remember his, his WWE name all of a sudden. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, thank you. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think that that's where Ishii goes, or that's certainly what Jonah Rock is angling for. I, I'm in for that match. I just, Look, uh, I still respect, obviously, New Japan, broadly speaking, but, like, it's not... AEW's a hotter company than New Japan is I right don't now. understand why they want to still build in the States. I didn't understand that before. It went, when AEW wasn't here and they were originally planning to do it, 
then it made perfect sense. But now, now it doesn't. And and trying to build in the states right now when they need to like build at home, you know, it's like you know going overseas when you need to address abroad. They still have an issue with COVID over in Japan, New Japan. Like like it's pretty bad over there. I it's. It's a little it's a little baffling to be honest with you because New Japan's always been kind of smart about business but this thing uh, this was a Harold Meyer idea I believe and he's gone now why are they I mean the, the dojo's fine it's just weird to try and have a touring brand when it doesn't seem like it's that hot of a brand no um and now that you mentioned that I I'm not gonna lie I had a bit of a gasping moment when I saw CM Punk just dive into a crowd of people. Uh, that, that is not something that old Chris is going to be down to do for at least another 12 months, probably. Yeah. So let's do the previews for the other two cards this weekend in order and then get out of here. Chris, how about that? Uh, that's fine. Starting off with at Allegiant stadium, Saturday night, pay-per-view kind of shocking for the main roster. SummerSlam. Do you have the lineup in front of you by chance? I don't. Okay, well, then I will get it right here. Here we go. Ten match card. Going to be a big stadium show. I'm sure they're going to, this will be kind of their WrestleMania because it's in front of a full house, I believe, in in, uh, Las Vegas. We will start with a tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. AJ Styles and Omos versus, I guess, the reunited RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Yeah, uh, you were much more convinced that they were Dunzo than I was last week. I, I I did believe that there is a chance that they would back up and go like, <laughs> "There's still money to be made. There's still blood to be squeezed." And now that you've stone. established that Riddle is really oblivious, uh, you can essentially keep pulling it back indefinitely, um, and, and it'll be at least two or three more times before riddle doesn't like finally puts it together so i i mean this angle is is good they're they're money people like matt riddle people like randy orton and when i'm thinking about who are the stars for this company for 2021 2022 matt riddle's clearly part of it and so i've got riddle and Randy Orton winning the titles here off of Omos and AJ Styles. They, this is the comedy. Can they coexist? And it's going to be something where Riddle screws up every week and, and Randy just keeps on RKOing him. I, I think that that's the way to go here, right? Yeah, right. Like the RKO will be like a punchline, like a pie in the yes. face. It's yes. not good. It, it, the mistake was thinking that it means the same thing as it always does. And no, in this case, it will literally just be like the, oh, the rake hit his face again. He always falls for that one. (laughs) A main event in any arena, as they used to say. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie with Dewdrop. Five-star classic incoming on that one. Uh, In a singles match, Chris, you have stood up. I assume you're going to get something. What are your feelings? No, uh, I just I, I choose to do certain things off camera, Hawkins. Oh well, I thought you would go. I thought there was a prop comic or something coming. No, coming no, that that'd be good. No, I was gonna get my doll actually. Uh, <laughs> I I actually I have I have Canny here. Uh, Canny speaks to me. I will I will okay I will make the first call on this one. Alexa Bliss wins, and Dewdrop ends up leaving with Alexa Bliss. W- what's my- that? What's that, Canny? What 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 is that? 
You think that Alexa Bliss has placed the hex on Dewdrop and that Dewdrop's going to betray Eva Marie and that's like what's going to help Alexa Bliss win the match? Wow. Kenny, Kenny watches Kenny. a lot of yeah, I, Kenny. I, I, I uncanny. Make, uncanny. Oh, shit. oh you know, da, 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 da. No. Kenny. No, I was originally going to make Kenny more of a part of this, and now you just put the dad joke in there, and Kenny is dead to me. Recycled, if you. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Moving on. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Veer and Shanky are banned from ringside, which means they're coming to ringside at some point. Chris, do we see somebody get impaled on a sword? Please tell me yes. I don't understand why this isn't a Punjabi prison match. <laughs> Drew McIntyre by murder death. Do we both agree on that? Yeah, no, Drew McIntyre okay. wins this. He probably beats a Veer and Shanky too. Can he agrees? In an interesting match, and I didn't realize this guy was the U.S. champ still, Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I, You know what? That could that could be a nice little seven-minute sprint between two big guys who can move, or it could just be plotting and stupid. But I'm going to go with the former. I think Damian Priest, they, they, they belt him. Finally, I think it's time. Uh, I, I know we're, we're born here today. Um, I think that I agree. I think this match sneakily over delivers it perhaps in a short amount of time, but it's like good and stiff. And you're like, all right, that was fun. Um, and I think Damian Priest is a guy who is part of w what's the future for WWE. Who are these future stars that they're at least going to try their hands with? Damian Priest is going to be one of them. And I think Damian Priest is going to succeed. I like him. I, I think uh, I think I think the fans will really like him. I think the fans like him. They like Rick Boogs. I I, I that their audience really into those characters. Yeah, they, I mean their audience. Yeah, and Matt Riddle, same thing. Same. Yeah, yeah they like those types of characters. Ah, oh, boy. What 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 next? What should I pick next here? Oh, let's get the women's matches out of the way. Nikki, almost a superhero. Your champion. In, in what what has just been an epic, epic build for your champion. She's just a compelling character who I love a little <laughs> bit more every week. I find Nikki Ash to be relatable. Her story is my story. I am almost a guitar player. And if I really put my mind to it, I might almost play a song one day and then almost get booked for a gig. You know, there's no greater build to a championship match than watching your champ their butt kicked we've got to wait but anyways nikki ash versus charlotte flair versus rhea ripley in a triple threat for the wwe raw women's championship <laughs> nikki they... ash wins nikki, I think ash, nikki wins. ash wins yeah yeah I she mean, wins she, she wins this match the person who looks the worst in the feud usually wins and you gotta go with wwe logic there so yes I think I also think there's recalcitrance here. I think that WWE is going to try to make this thing work for at least one more month, at least four to six weeks more. They may pull the ripcord on this very soon, but they are not going to admit defeat on this Nikki Ash character just yet. She's got to at least win something so that they can say that they told the story and then move on from it. So she's got to get this SummerSlam win. Do the other women's match, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. 
I think it's been a nice run for Bianca. I, I, I don't know. I don't know though. I haven't convinced myself that Sasha's winning this thing because Sasha's just a mega star. She's the one bringing in the ratings on this show. SmackDown is always up when Sasha Banks is announced. And I think that's just too compelling to not put the belt on her week after week. I don't know where you go with Bianca from here. Everybody's no, it, it would other. be it would be a terrible mistake. It'd be uh, a mistake. I, no, no, the mistake, especially after we looked at you know the merchandise side of things, is bringing back Sasha and not having her be Bianca's friend because you need to move Bianca merch and Sasha merch, and in order to do that, it helps to have them both faced. I don't think that this faction helps Sasha a whole lot. I'm I'm not actually really particularly enamored by the synergy or lack thereof of Carmella and. Uh, uh, the, the other one, uh, uh, what's her name? Zelina. Yeah. Zelina Vega. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, do you move Bianca to just feud with them? I, I, you know, if you put the belt on Sasha Banks, you might be able to pull out Liv Morgan out of the dustbin of history, or, you know, who's on SmackDown who debuted and you haven't seen in three weeks now, Tony storm, maybe Tony storm and Bianca's the way. Okay. I'm changing my mind. It's Bianca Belair. And then they're going to go with Tony storm for you next. That seems the most logical to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, God, I had in my head, too, that they're, oh, they might bring up, uh, what's her name, too, uh, from NXT. Indy Hartwell's on her way to the main roster. Indy Hartwell, but also uh, the champion. Oh, uh, Raquel a, Gonzalez? Ra- Raquel. And then Raquel comes up as a heel, and, like, you know, there, there's your challenger for okay. Bianca as well. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think Bianca that. retains. All right. They're, 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 then, they're, then I was wrong. I was saying there was nobody... There, there are no bullets in the gun, but apparently, I guess we have Tony Storm, we have Raquel Gonzalez, we can always put in there. I mean, if you put the belt on Sasha, though, you can always go with either of uh, Tegan Knox or Shotzi Blackheart in there, too, but they're in the middle of this feud. Uh, so. T- who's Tegan Knox? Uh, she she got her you, first you, name back. She got oh, her first she name. Yeah, she did. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Knox fan. You're I don't Knox. know who. Yeah, I'm a Knox fan. <laughs> Edge versus Seth Rollins. A feud with black goo. That was a bloodening. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a bloodening. No, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was. It was a very dark bloodening. Sometimes blood gets, um, it gets bad. Yeah. You ever you ever seen bad blood? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and ever, wasn't that a pay per view on one time? <laughs> yeah, it was on in 1998, and the Brood were featured on it. <laughs> And it was great because we got to hear the music again for the first time. And there are children in that audience who are younger by a substantial margin than that music. And they've never heard that theme before in their life. You know, it wasn't a bad drop crap from the sky type of thing. It's, it was much better than, say, oh, when, when the inner circle had orange juice dropped on them and they had to pretend like. Uh, when when uh, the proud and the powerful were neither proud nor powerful yes. as they were flailing yeah. inside of orange juice. The, yeah, so it's not, look, I, I make fun of these things, but people love them. People love those uh, those types of things. So who wins? I would have actually okay. dug if there had been a Gangrel cameo for this, though, that like Edge had actually reached out to Gangrel. Because the, the whole twist to Brood Edge it feels really unearned that yeah. like they, that they, they, this was so sudden. This was so gimmicky. Uh, it would have been nice to build up to this a little bit more. I don't 
need him to be the brood edge, though. I want him to be just an evil old man who's angry that he kicked him in the head. Can we do that? Actually, you know what? I also want I want I want a backstage clip of Vince going, Well, we got Gangrel. Can we get Christian? <laughs> he can come back, but only if we can put the dot over his face. Yeah, put that blue dot over that ugly bastard's face. <laughs> a moron. Oh, and what is the most dramatic feud in the WWE? The pinnacle of community theater. The Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso taking on. Hey, Chris, did you know their father and son, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio? Son, tonight in my match, I want you to pay attention to me because they want. Dominic. As your father, as your father, a, as your father, I need you to watch this match as my son. Have you two ever met? Do you all know each other? Every week it's this son as your father. I, I am going out there to fight for our family's honor. Please, please watch my back. Son of mine. <laughs> Product of my loins. How many times can we say father? What? Son, as my son, I need you to go out there tonight. And be my son. <laughs> uh, do they do they do they hot potato the titles back to the Mysterio boys? I think that the Mysterios come up short and Dominic rages out on Ray. I think this is the beginning of like a Dominic and Ray feud. God please do. Oh, and by the way, speaking of sons and fathers, just to circle back to AEW for a second. Oh, Brock Anderson's gonna get killed on Wednesday night, and it's gonna—that was such a fun promo. It's gonna be glorious. But for me, what I really, really want—I want it to be the seeds of the turn of Brock Anderson into an actual Anderson. Like, Dad, you threw me to the wolves two years ago. This is why I'm like this. I want that payoff later down the road. But yes, it was a glorious. Yes, you are going to die, Brock Anderson, and I am going to enjoy every moment of it. And now, Chris, I think we can do these two together because they are the same program. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus John Cena and Bobby Lashley with MVP versus Goldberg. Do either of the old men in this feud win with a title or go home with a title? That's the question here. And I'm starting to lean with one of them being yes. I am. And, and I think it's because of the news story I brought up earlier. I think one of these guys is going to be champion going into Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia needs something. And then they're going to give up the title at Saudi Arabia. It's very easy to do that. If you put the belt on one of them. And I think it's going to be John Cena. I think they're going to want to put this title. They want to give Cena the 17 Ric Flair's not there to celebrate, but Ric Flair was at triple mania this weekend. And you know, that could have made some people too happy. So they're going to stick it to the old man and they're going to give John Cena. They're going to get him over the hump here and he's going to be champion. And I think he's probably going to Saudi Arabia because the money's just too good. And he's going to lose the title there back to Roman Reigns. I don't see Goldberg winning this in any way at all, but I look forward to the hook versus gauge Goldberg feud in 2029. <laughs> yeah. So gauge Goldberg, uh, is is certainly intriguing in a like mid to longer term thing. Like the guy's like 16 and he's already, I mean, he, the, the kid's got huge. He's big. Yeah. He's big. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's some intrigue there for me on that. This is a great, 
kind of debut or like a second second beat in his little story to the ring here. I don't think that Bill Goldberg beats Bobby Lashley. I think that that match is kind of a stinker. And I am also of the opinion that John Cena might very well win this match here on uh, on Saturday uh, and become the WWE champion. I think the big move... You mentioned earlier the two things that Vince you know, could do to try to like counter-program AEW right now. Um, the Rock and or Brock Lesnar. I think The Rock would help. I'm not sure Brock Lesnar would, but I will throw in a, a, a third option here that you're probably not as enamored with, which would be turning John Cena heel and making him champion. Uh, Cena has been delivering great promos. He's a guy who can actually meaningfully fill a quarter hour. And so long as they're not overexposing this guy like Chris Jericho on the other show and having him in like way too many segs, so long as Cena comes out and does his one seg, especially if it's only every other week or every three weeks, and you have maybe a Paul Heyman or someone as a mouthpiece for John Cena, I think that that actually gives this show a shot in the arm. Um, in a way where the Roman story has sort of written itself into a cul-de-sac. I think people are interested in seeing what a heel Cena character would look like. I think that heel Cena might actually get really good nuclear heat, like the broken hearts of the kids and stuff. Have Cena burn his neon shirt and his jorts. Uh, just, and, and, you know, shoot the crying children as Cena's burning, you know, the old stuff there. Um, I think that that gets people talking about this product and, gets it it creates a counter programming to CM Punk. I, I they can't keep going in this pattern. You I think co- the you, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I they just cannot keep going full speed ahead. Even as nice as building Bianca, as nice as building Damian Priest, as nice as building Matt Riddles, Rick Boogs, um any of these new good solid mid card to upper mid carders here over the next year is they need something that is a real shot in the arm, that is a real paradigm sort of shift here. And John Cena really does feel like one of the big links to that yesteryear era that really tethers this company to that. Now, the odds of all of this happening are very low. But as WWE continues to lose in the rating war, I just want to, like, want to paint a picture of some of the moves that they could do to actually change this. And SummerSlam is the last and best time in this calendar year to do that. I think the only way you can pull off that turn is if afterwards you do something like, like I like, I like the idea of John Cena kind of going full peacemaker since he's getting a lot of rave reviews for that role in the suicide squad and saying he will do anything for the WWE because Vince, Vince would eat that up. Vince would eat up that kind of an angle where, uh, where, you know, he could put over his company as being something to love. And so what, what, so Cena would come out and go, you know, you were doing this for family but Heyman knows this, and I know this. I love WWE more than any person around, and Paul Heyman loves this business too, and he loves WWE. He needs WWE to stay employed, blah, 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 blah. You just cared about your family this entire time, and so that's the only way I could see possibly turning Roman. 
I don't see how you turn the Usos with him, given things, but maybe you do. Or the Usos serve Cena, but the chances of that happening are slim and none. Let's put it that way. Cena ain't turning heel in this feud just yet. He might win the title and turn feud, but he won't turn heel during this match. Chris, you're frozen. And have your mute on. So I will uh, continue until Chris gets back. Uh, yeah, Goldberg and, and Bobby Lashley needs to be short. The problem with uh, the, the thing about... Um, Okay, Chris dropped for those of you watching, so I will stall here a little bit for time while he comes back. The thing about Goldberg and Bobby Lashley to me is that Goldberg has been getting winded in his matches, you know, consecutively as he's come back more and more. Those That first thing with Brock was great, but after that, it's just been kind of watching and watching and watching. The key to this... You know, I, there, there's a chance I could see him coming out of this t- with this title and also losing it in Saudi Arabia and Cena not and just going away. But the shorter this is, the better it's going to be both for Bill Goldberg and for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley gets blown up too. During the, he's not as young as we'd like to think he is as well. Um, as they say, those muscles take up a lot of oxygen. I just, I, if this thing goes more than five minutes, they're both in trouble because this crowd could turn on it at any time. I just think Bill gets that first spear. He gets the hope spot and Lashley just destroys him and then puts on the full Nelson and gets, gets, gets the bell. So, I mean, that, that's about all there is to it. And I'm back and you're back. My computer crashed. But, but <laughs> it, it like, it just, it just like went black into the darkness and, uh, it, it was hard, but I'm back. It's all right. I'll edit it in post. I'll, I'll just, I'll just snip these two things. So I just, I just basically said that Goldberg and Bobby Lashley cannot last more than five minutes or the crowd might turn on it and both guys might get winded. Yeah. I, I just don't think that, um, either of the guys really have a deep enough match to do anything longer than five minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that Goldberg should come in, go hard and heavy on Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley kicks out at two after Goldberg lays out a bunch of offense. I think Bobby Lashley should win with a spear and a jackhammer on Goldberg. That'll do it for uh, SummerSlam. Going to the, oddly enough, the NXT is kind of main eventing on Sunday. So we'll go to that. Uh, six matches, five on the main card, one as a pre-show. Pre-show match, pretty easy to determine. Trey Baxter coming out of the uh, was it the the NXT uh, prospects tournament, gonna be fed to Ridge Holland in a singles match. Chris, any disagreement with Ridge Holland uh, murder deathing him? No, uh, Ridge Holland is the guy they're building. Trey Baxter is a guy. Uh, and R- Ridge Holland fits the new edict of people they like, and this is a guy that they have not actually really kicked the tires on. We've always liked Luke Menzies. We liked Rick Bugenhausen when he was still Rick Bugenhausen. Mm-hmm. Like and these, these are guys that have the look that Vince likes, and uh, Luke Menzies, uh, Ridge Holland is, is going to win this match easy. 
Singles match for the Million Dollar Championship. L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes with Ted DiBiase. If Grimes loses, DiBiase must become Knight's butler. Do we get the happy ending or no? Happy ending. Cameron Grimes is winning this. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that the L.A. Knight thing has sort of run its course, too. I, I, I think they will do something else with L.A. Knight, but... He's not he's not a workhorse champion like this. But I will amend this. I think Grimes wins by DQ or something. And so LA Knight keeps the title, but Cameron Grimes, you know, and D- frees DiBiase in a way. Although the celebration that's needed here is is Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase like throwing a bunch of money in the air and laughing. So you know what? I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change my mind. Cameron Grimes wins a million dollar title. And DiBiase, you know, helps him. I, I, I did think for a moment, maybe before I, I watched that, uh, the end of the, of their interplay on Wednesday, I thought for a second, DiBiase t- would turn heel on Grimes and go with Knight. Cause it just feels like you don't want happy Ted DiBiase. You want evil Ted DiBiase. They're just not really interested in delivering evil Ted no. DiBiase. I, I'm with you. I think that evil Ted DiBiase is where all the money's at, but I, I just don't think that that's what they're thinking right now. For the D- NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai in what is a very interesting match. Number one, Dakota Kai. Y'all know I love her. She is the workhorse of this division and has been for the last three to four years, it's ever since the horse women left, you know, you have Io Shirai in there, but um, I don't know because I don't know if they're going to give her the, the run here because I don't know if they're going to bring up Raquel Gonzalez. You have people you can bring in to fight with Raquel Gonzalez. You have, I think Kaylee Ray is now in the States and I think she's going to be on NXT very, very soon. So you have her to feud with if you want. Can can I bring myself for Dakota Kai as the women's t- champion? I'm gonna say yes because I'm gonna say Vince is gonna want all hands on deck and he's gonna want more new toys to play with after SummerSlam. So I th- I think Dakota Kai wins it because the Raquel is gonna be on her way to the main roster along with Indy Hartwell. I agree. I think that uh, Raquel Gonzalez is losing the belt here. I think Dakota Kai is your interim champion so that they can build up. Whoever they want their next baby face to be. <laughs> I don't get this. Walter, your NXT UK champion against Ilya Dragunov and what has been a baffling build for Ilya Dragunov. Losing to Pete Dunn. I did enjoy the hard way blood on Wednesday. I think he should have kept it when he was screaming for Walter as opposed to making him clean it off for TV, but I understand that. And then Walter destroys him at the end of the night. Walter is their best champion. Right now, Walter, I am I'm still under the impression he has no interest in going to the main roster and touring with them because I think he wants to stay in the UK area and live in Germany or Austria or wherever he lives. Chris, does Ilya Dragunov win this title off of Walter? I think uh-oh. I think that there is a very high likelihood that Ilya Dragunov ends up beating Walter here in this main event. 
I don't necessarily think that they want to do more stuff with Walter. I think like they they got to this point with Walter where it's like you made him a champion, you gave him a lot of longevity, but Imperium's not a faction that they're ever bringing to the main roster. Right. It doesn't even necessarily seem like Imperium. Uh, they're not really that interested in NXT, so like they're not going to worry about visas and all that stuff to bring Imperium over to NXT as like some sort of main faction. They already did the Imperium War Games with uh, the Undisputed Era. They've right. really ran the course with this team, and they can dither Imperium down to just uh, the other two guys, Bartel and Eichner, if they need to. Yeah, I think. I think it's time for Walter to give up the title for a little bit and just make it interesting in NXT UK. I mean, I love the dominant champion storyline. He is the most dominant champion, but you've got nobody other than, I mean, you got coffee and, and uh, rampage Brown kind of fighting for that number one contender spot. And that's about it. Uh, you need something to freshen up this roster. So I think Ilya Dragunov, I think maybe they may have talked Walter into a main roster run. They may have. We'll see. I don't know yet. On the last episode, I made what I felt was a fairly strong case for why if I were Vince and even if I were Walter, I would at least be exploring um, getting some sort of deal done. So, you know, maybe they did talk Walter into a main roster run. If they did, uh, given who were last episode was all about how they don't have any stars. Boogs, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Walter. Like that's Randy Orton. That is sort of the makings of a nucleus on the Roman Reigns, the makings of a nucleus on this main roster that I think will actually intrigue their audiences, but even, you know, potentially have some intrigue for the disgruntled fans. Karrion Cross, maybe with Scarlet, maybe not, defends the NXT title against one Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah, this is happening this weekend. Samoa Joe's coming back for the first time in, like, nearly two years, and it really feels like an absolute afterthought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. Boy, I I think they keep the belt on Cross. I think that... <laughs> Even I though think, he's on Raw? Yes, I think the whole gimmick's going to be that, like, he is the NXT champion on Raw going forward here. Okay. Uh, okay. I, uh... I don't know. I also thought that Samojo might lose and then get cut, but it appears he is being transitioned into management of some kind because he was involved with the Las Vegas tryouts this weekend as a quote unquote scout slash coach. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna but go let me, let me just oh, say ahead. here, uh, the go home segment on NXT was everything that was wrong with carrying cross in a nutshell. Yes. You have Karrion Cross come out. He talks way too much. And it's like whiny, petulant, weak talk when he's supposed to be this dominant champion. And the whole reason you had him go up against those four other dudes at the last pay-per-view was to show how dominant he was that like these four elite guys couldn't even touch him. But now he's coming out and he's struggling against Samoa Joe, a guy who hasn't been in the ring in 18 months. And this week, inexplicably, he somehow has established a strong enough rapport with the management of NXT again that he has access to security, who he brings out 
to remember he choked out William Regal here a few weeks ago. So I'm like imagining this conversation with Cross and Regal where he's like, "Hey man, you know, I got to deal with Samoa Joe <laughs> later tonight. I was thinking maybe a little security." Regal's like, "Really?" And Cross is like, "Yeah, really." And Regal's like, "Really?" You're really and Cross is like, "Yeah." And Regal just sides the paper and does it. <laughs> um like so now Cross is out there He's got security with him. The dominant champion needs the extra not NPCs who don't even go in the ring and who will have like the added weight of point four. Yeah. Um, and he stands behind the wall of Stooges, tells Samoa Joe, "Oh, this is for your safety." A thing that is what a weak champion and a weak wrestler does. They get an, an inordinate amount of numbers. Stack those numbers in the odds against the stronger baby face. That's how they even the odds up. And then they hide behind the numbers and go, now it's finally a fair fight. Now that I have four people, I can finally go and have my fight with you. Um, that's, how a, that's how a wimp heel works. And then Cross continues to talk a whole bunch. And then Samoa Joe looks really dominant in this go-home. Um, when in reality, what needed to happen, especially to make Joe like, you know, get us behind Joe's Joe and Cross just needed to knuckle up and like, you know, slug at each other. Like this needed to be carrying Cross has finally met his match, not carrying Cross is scared. Carrying Cross should be running into this challenge, like really eager that finally he has someone who can stand toe to toe with him instead of I'm scared that this guy could beat me. There's no and mystery to there's, there's no, no mystery, mystery to carrying cross. That's that's the problem is, is is you know less is more with him. And he yeah, I uh although you you talking about how Joe looked so powerful gives me pause to think that you're correct. So I'm going to go with you. I think carrying cross retains. I you know what? In fact, I think he retains and we may never see him on raw again. I'll go that far. I yeah, think Vince may yeah. have given up on him already. I they they fin they closed the circuit on the Jeff Hardy storyline, mm-hmm. and I mean it's fine, but uh, yeah, they they don't actually need to do anything more with him if they don't want to. And, and you think about Vince has stars. Cross Cross is really kind of stuck here. He's Vince has Damian Priest. Vince has his Rick Boogs. Cross doesn't really fit into that puzzle. Like we talked about, Adam Cole as the undersized heel. Cross is. Not as small as Adam Cole, but he's also not as big as Rick Boogs, Matt Riddle, or Damian Priest, or Randy Orton. And it's been hard making him look like a heel who's really dominant on the main roster. And in what is the most intriguing match in many, many ways, Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match. The first match, straight up rules. Fall number two, street fight. Fall number three, steel cage if necessary. Chris, Kyle O'Reilly has to win these matches. Otherwise, he's just been beat by Adam Cole over and over again. And he's a man in search of a feud. I I want Adam Cole to win this feud and then leave the company. I look, if he's leaving, I still think he does go out on top for some reason just to work people. Because that's what Triple H would do. I mean, I. this is such a weird thing because O'Reilly has to win this. O'Reilly needs a strong win because 
all he's been doing is getting punked out by Adam Cole over and over and over again. If you let Adam Cole win this, that you might as well cut Kyle O'Reilly. Which that, that's in their not head. fair. That's not fair. There was the time Kieran Cross kicked his ass. Yes, and, and I think Finn Balor kicked his ass too, if I recall correctly. I mean, Kyle, maybe they don't see anything in Kyle O'Reilly. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe maybe this build was just a feint. But I don't know. If Adam Cole wins this, that doesn't guarantee to me that Adam Cole staying. Kyle O'Reilly wins this. It's not a guarantee that Adam Cole is leaving, but who needs this more, Chris? And to me, if Cole's staying, he needs the win. If o- if you're going to do something with O'Reilly, you got to let him win this because otherwise you just got to find another tag team for him to be in. And you- <laughs> Bobby Fish ain't walking through that door anymore. And it might be Roddy Strong. Getting reunited because after 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 Wednesday, doesn't look like the Diamond Mind has much of a future either. So I I just don't know here. I'm gonna go. I am gonna go with they do the right move and they and they they let Kyle O'Reilly win this. Yeah, I'm going with O'Reilly wins this. I I think, boy, it really is a head scratcher. What you do with Cole? What what do you do with the loser? is a real head scratcher because yes. they've, they've really written themselves into a corner where both these guys actually kind of need to win this match. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, unless, I mean, they got to get some plans here. They got to get some stables going. They got to get some reshuffling. They got to get these guys out of these feuds. Cause it feels like all these feuds have lasted forever, but that's going to do it. Enjoy your wrestling weekend. I already have. I don't have to watch either of the pay-per-views for me to be happy with this weekend because I'm very happy that AEW is an exciting promotion to watch, including Dark and Dark Elevation, which I also watched this weekend because I didn't watch a lot of WWE. But that said, I am Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me at Crap Game 13 He is Chris Novembrino. He can be followed on Twitter at DWATG. The guy that did a guest shot for the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so of this show, his name's Rob McCarron. He created the show. You can follow him <laughs> at your own peril at Rob from Indiana, or you can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. I will not misnumber this episode because I'm not putting numbers on episodes anymore because wrestling has made me excited and I'm no longer retiring at 500. But anyways, Chris, Chris has a podcast of his own that he does on political matters. It is called Don't Worry About the Government, thus the DWATG. He is going to tell you about it now. That's right, Jeff. It's oh, me, Kenny. Oh, Kenny is going to tell us about it. <laughs> Kenny's an old school Whig who believes in the power of legislatures. And yes, I have very esoteric views, largely informed by political documents that I haven't read very well. All right, Kenny. All right, all right. Chill out. When did you get that new voice? It's kind of grating. And Don't Worry About the Government can be found at Don'tWorry.tv, Patreon.com slash DWATG on the show that we're going to be taping here tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon. So if you get, you know, get up and watch Shake Them Ropes like Saturday morning, you want to get a question, by all means. Um, we're going to be doing Afghanistan, obviously. Uh, we'll be getting down and dirty into the down and dirty over there, as well as the other news in the week. So check that out over on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. That's right! Shut up! 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.